This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer to protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform. When liberty's in jeopardy, I will always do what's right. I'm out here on the front lines, sleep in peace tonight, American soldier. Now, Valor Radio. I left my heart in San Francisco. High on a hill. It calls to me. Thanks, Tony Bennett, for all the tunes. His biggest hit from 1962-1963. Welcome to Valor Radio with the Colonel and the Captain. And uh, guys, welcome. Well, thanks, Robert. Uh, Hi, Bob. Passing to Tony Bennett. uh, I grew up listening to him as my parents' favorite. Uh, We didn't have a lot, but we did have... uh, a hi-fi we did and and we had some tony bennett albums and uh you know that was always a great gift for my mother for an occasion to get her another tony bennett album so and so many of them yeah and so we uh it was something on sunday Mm -hmm. when she's cooking dinner for the family and you'd hear that uh playing through the house and they ever played jerry vale Oh yeah, that was that was second. That oh, was after Jerry Vale. Jerry Vale right behind it. But every once in a while I'd turn into the kitchen, I'd see my parents dancing in the kitchen to Tony <laughs> Bennett. So Jerry Vale had the most amazing hair. Oh my god, <laughs> I remember that. It, it was, was like, it was it like, like meringue, you know, yeah. piled up on his head. But you know, you you wonder why we're talking about him. Steve, you're the historian. Uh uh, Mr. De, uh, Benedetto, he uh yeah. had a little bit of service. He did. Actually he served in uh Infantry unit in, in World War II, and there. Um, it's funny because as soon as I, I heard he died, I went on on uh, eBay because they've been selling. <coughs> excuse me, they've been selling uh, a, a wartime uh, photograph, unit photograph with him in it for years. I mean, it's just overpriced. But um, I used to go look at it, and I, I went and got a picture, the picture off of eBay, just to be able to post it on Facebook, just to show people, you know. Even Tony Bennett served back in the day, and he yeah. did enthusiastically. And, but although he had apparently had some really awful wartime experience, apparently he was one of the soldiers who uh, liberated one of the uh, concentration camps. Oh, and got wow. to see a lot of dead, oh my dead uh, Jews, unfortunately, and, yeah. And, uh, you know, after the conflict in, in the recovery phase, he was entertaining troops. In fact, that's yeah, the first yeah. known recording of Tony Bennett is a show that they did for troops in Germany. So, right, yeah, that's pretty cool. One of those, uh, 
One of those, uh, like V-discs or whatever they call them. Back yeah, then. V-discs, yeah. yep. Yeah, so that, that supposedly is the first known recording of him, but uh, went on to have pretty spectacular career, had mm-hmm. his highs and lows, um, and uh, reinvented himself a couple of times. Um, but even up to the very end here, I know uh, we love his classics and everything, but he found a way to... Uh, one of his sons uh, ultimately became his manager and right? really recreated him um, hmm. in the last part of his career and did so. And I know, like I said, I know Bob doesn't really, you know, we see the duets with all different folks and the specials that he did uh, with uh, Elvis Costello and other folks and ultimately Katie with Lady, Lang. Katie Lang and then ultimately with Lady Gaga. Um, but that that allowed him to become known Right. You know, to, to a new generation, another yeah. generation. So, you know, for each generation he was in, he found a way to be relevant. And yeah, but there was one point when he refused to do that. When he uh, and and it led to, I left my heart in San Francisco too. Oh, really? Oh, uh, yeah. In the early '60s, the A and R people at Columbia went to Tony and said, "Hey, you know, this rock and roll is really the coming thing, and uh, you know, you really ought to consider maybe we should modify the act a little bit." And he was like, "Not just no, but hell no." And <laughs> and uh, he he, really? he held his ground, and the next you know opportunity that came along was that song, which turned out to be his biggest hit. Right, it became his trademark. Although he did do one album of of pop music, MacArthur Park. Did he really? Oh, yeah, Lord, I wouldn't yeah. want to hear that. Yeah, I, I I'm trying to remember the other songs that were on it, but it was it was a abject failure. Of course, it was. Well, I mean, but it. But you were you were a fan of MacArthur Park for other reasons. Oh, absolutely. Love that song. Um, yeah. I'm trying to remember what other songs are on there, but other ones like that, you know, slower Actually written pop as a, songs. Written as a joke. Um, uh, was it a, really? A, well, it was kind of a bet, I guess, uh, because uh, uh, Jim Webb thought that uh, he could write something that would break all the rules, and he turned out to be right. Yeah, In 19, early 1968, he said, first of all, you know, you, male vocals, just solo male vocals are out. And uh, you know you, you got to have you got to have a foursome yeah, yeah. playing guitars. So we got Richard he- Harris, heavy rhythm, and uh, yeah, he he got the. I, I don't think I don't know if he selected Richard Harris or not, but seven minutes long with oh this gigantic God. orchestral <laughs> thing and and total nonsense lyrics. Oh my God, which, were, which were a uh, which were a joke when they came out <laughs> and uh, about our, the cake melting in the rain. Are laughed at still today. Oh gosh, so um, interestingly. Uh, a little mutual fan or a pre or love for each other. Uh, Frank Sinatra said, uh, for my money, Tony Bennett is the best singer in the business. He excites me when I watch him. Yep. He moves me. He's a singer who gets across what a composer has in mind and probably a little more. Hmm. Um, That's a good endorsement. Yeah. And so, it, interestingly, um, in 2001, Tony Bennett started a school of the arts near his, where he grew up. Hmm. And it's named the Frank Sinatra School of the Arts. So there was a mutual love and respect that they had for each other. Absolutely, you know, opposite personalities. You know, Tony Bennett always very low key and otherwise uh, um, not pretty much. I mean, I guess the the largest you could say going outside his lane was uh, during the civil rights movement. And he went to entertain folks down in the South that were. You know, during some of the uh, protest walks that that right. occurred in the '60s, um, and so 
I uh, said one of his negative experiences in the military was, you know, pre-segregate, uh, you know, the segregation period in the, which they got rid of it before anybody else did, but still. So he, uh, like I said, but otherwise just, just kept plodding along and, um, just did a, you know, what can you say? Yeah. Incredible career. 96. Yeah. 96. Yeah. yeah his, his, uh, Bob Hope suggested he change his name to Tony Bennett. Right. Right. He had another name he was he using. Was himself, he called himself Tony DeBennett. I, I don't know what he no, was. No, no, no. There was, was another name before that that he was using. It's kind of goofy. It was. Yeah. Really? It clearly didn't work. I oh, think. Yeah. yeah. And, um, oh, where where is it? I have that written down somewhere here. But, Bob uh, was a pretty good judge of talent. Well, yeah. I mean, he should have been, <laughs> considering his track record. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so I it was pretty interesting to yeah. So it was Bob Hope who gave him said you know the name you're using really stinks, so you need to change <laughs> it. And but your name is too long, so that's he he's the one who came up with the Tony Bennett thing. And um, you know my I, you know I had an uncle out in California. Oh yeah, and his name was uh, L Simonelli, and that of course was too long, so it was L Sims. He changed. Now there's nobody that looked more Italian than my uncle L, but um, he changed his name to L Sims. I don't know. That was just what people did in in that industry. Back yeah, that then. was very important that you kind of like de-ethnicized names back yeah. then to make things sound generic. So it was kind of crazy. If you could imagine Joe Pesci with white hair, that was my uncle <laughs> L. Just uh, you know, just. An, that was just you, you know, there's no way you knew he was uh uh anything but but fun that, fact about him he's right it's one of 17 kids yeah <laughs> wow is that amazing yeah so that lived wow um wow that's pretty amazing but uh yeah so i i don't know we just wanted to mention him today and uh, a little bit of nostalgia and uh no matter what music you like you can probably find music that he did that uh you'd enjoy hearing about sometimes so and you know San Francisco was on the B side of an album. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Yeah. It was. Once upon a time. Yeah. Oh. So there he is. Good fellow music. <laughs> makes, you, makes you want to grab your wallet, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back with more Valor Radio with uh, Colonel Paul Simonelli, Captain Steve Mamano on the WYSL station. May still be torn and tattered But in my heart I'd be a king Your love is all that ever mattered It's everything your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Finger Lakes Fire and Casualty, Route 227, Trumansburg, New York. 
The colors are red for valor, white for innocence, and blue for justice. Our nation's flag proclaims liberty for all, and our military service members continue to fight for the right to live in freedom. Honor their service and sacrifice with an American-made flag from the Stars and Stripes Flag Store. Visit eflagstore.com to shop now. All proceeds support Veterans Outreach Center and local veterans. Join Abate Monroe County, American bikers aimed toward education and help adult bikers ride free and safe. Check out our meetings on the third Friday monthly at Wise Guys Diner and Catering, 2811 Dewey Avenue. Join Abate for less than 50 cents a week. Google Abate Monroe County on the web. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. Remembering Tony Bennett today. Poets often use many words to say a simple thing. It takes thought and time and rhyme to make a poem sing. With music and words I've been playing for you I have To be sure that you know what I'm saying, I'll translate as I go along. And let me play among the stars Let me see what spring is like On Jupiter and Mars Thanks, Tony Bennett, for all the tunes. Again, here's the colonel and the captain. Thanks, Robert. One of my favorite songs. Uh, I love his version of it. I love Frank Sinatra's version of it. Uh, completely different, but absolutely both top. Just, just doesn't get any better. Really and truly doesn't get any better. So uh, big news this week. Uh, last week in uh, for naval uh, folks and yeah. with a local connection. Yeah, we do. We have a local connection now. So uh, sort of. the president has announced his selection for the new uh, CNO or Chief of Naval Operations, which is the top naval officer in the country. Um, and this time he has uh, nominated uh, uh, a local. Uh, uh, someone who started here in Rochester. Uh, her name is Lisa Franchetti. Uh, long career, graduated uh, from high school here in '81. So I guess '85 she graduated from college, um, and has worked her way up through uh, to the point where she is being named. She, of course, you know the big thing is uh, she's a female, so it's first female chief of naval operations. We had a we've had a 
the commandant of the Coast Guard, a female, but this is the first service chief of the four services, uh, female. So, you know, lots of consternation by some and others. She, there's no way you get to that level without having a level of competence. Uh, hard enough to make a flag rank to get a star to start with, but to work your way up means you both have to have, you know, you have to have some level of competence and also some level of uh, political savvy because when you get to the three and four star level, um, it's almost, you know, the odds of getting another star at three to get to four or to get to this top spot just you know, are very small. It's a timing issue. It's everything else. Um, there was someone else, uh, Steve. You're a little bit more up on this. That probably thought we everybody thought had the. Uh, well, you know, uh, they were bringing up this issue a couple of weeks ago because uh, CBS was running an interview. CBS did a big expose on the condition of the Navy. I think it was a whole show that they did. Nora O'Donnell in- in- interviewed all the big wigs in the Navy talking about the, the coming threat with China and all that. So um, they interviewed a guy, who the, the, the fellow who was the um, Pacific Fleet commander, uh, Sam Paparo, Admiral Paparo, and uh, he gave a pretty good presentation. I, you know, I, I was surprised. I, you know, I don't know why I was surprised, but, but I was. I, I did not expect the, to be impressed by the guy, but I, I, you know, I said, you know what? He may not believe everything he's saying, but he... He knows what he's saying, and he said it well. So I thought, you know, uh, maybe he does have a shot at this job after all. Well, then a press report came out and said that uh, Admiral Franchetti was being uh, set aside and that Paparo was going to get the, the CNO position. And I thought, well, that's good because he's the best guy for the job. He is a subject matter expert on China, and that's what we need right now, going into possible conflict with, with uh, PRC. Well, that's not what happened. Uh, apparently, Joe Biden overruled everybody at the Pentagon, including Lloyd Austin, and we ended up with uh, Admiral Franchetti. Now, um, my my issue with Admiral Franchetti is not that she's not qualified; she is. <clears throat> my issue is that she's not the best qualified, in my opinion. And um, she has had she's checked the boxes uh, that she needed to check. She's one of the pioneers, a real pioneer. I give her a lot of credit for uh, for doing what she did because. When she came in the Navy, uh, the positions were not open to females back then uh, for uh, uh, combatant ships. She was one of the first people who got command of a ship. Um, she got a, an oiler and a, uh, a destroyer tender uh, early on, and then she ended up getting a, dis- a, a, a destroyer later on, the Ross. So she, she paid her dues, and she did it the old-fashioned way. Um, so you give her a lot of credit for pluck. Um, the other thing about, but the thing is, um, if you look at the Paparo's record and her record, uh, they're pretty, pretty much, uh, you know, on a par. But Paparo is is a guy with extensive background in uh, in in Red China, and we're and and we're not ready for a war with Red China right now. He's he's the kind of guy who would be ringing the bell to say we need more ships, we need we need this, and we need that. Uh, and he's a um, a strong leader and a formidable strategist, which is why I think the Secretary of Defense picked him instead. Um, now, Franchetti, you know, she's had fleet command. She was Com Six Fleet. They make a big deal out of the fact that, you know, when when uh, it came time to to strike uh, ISIS in Syria, she ordered the uh, missile hit, which she did, and she did it. She did it well, um, and and. Uh, 
she had been a, a carrier stripe group commander twice, but she was, I think, six fleet at the time. And then she went on to do, you know, her, her obligatory staff duty in Washington. And that's where she really made her bones, I think, was at the policy and plans directorate of, of the of vice CNO. Um, <clears throat> now, that there, I got a quote from a couple people. And some of the quotes, I think, are revealing about her and, 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 and reveal things that give me a little apprehension. Uh, one of them was um, Admiral Fogo, Fogo said about her as he retired. He says, she cares a lot about her people. You want a CNO that cares about the troops on the deck plate. Well, I think everybody would agree about, th- about that. However, you also want a person who's focused on the mission. And, you know, we've, had, we've been in uh, shooting wars before where a lot of people had to end up dying to, in order for us to win the war. And you, you, you can't separate the two. You have to, they have to be equal. You can't care about the troops more than the mission. Mission and, first, people always. Yeah, right, exactly. Now, um, uh, <clears throat> at the same time, you want a CEO, CNO that's got experience in, in tough situations, according to this, this admiral, uh, in, in some combat situations. She, she had her, her, her combat moment, um, uh, Admiral Franchetti. <clears throat> now, she grew up in suburban Rochester, I didn't. It took me a long time to find out where she um, was born and raised in Aronaquite, and then she moved to Penfield and to Pittsburgh, and she graduated class of '81 at Pitt Menden High School. Uh, then, then she went to Northwestern University in, in uh, Chicago, and uh, she never came back. So uh, she does not have any more relatives in the in the Rochester area, uh, but she's had a, a pretty impressive career. Um, so let me let me just jump in here. So let let's talk about the, uh, you know, looking at it, uh, the the gentleman that you had mentioned, uh, what Panchetti is that? Uh, no, the uh, uh, Sam Paparo. Paparo, yeah, had a had a not only uh, you know pretty success, very successful career, but also became a subject matter expert. Became one, yeah. Um, and you know when I you look at trying to balance, uh. You know, continuing to learn while you're in the military is not an easy thing to do. She did what I would call the absolute minimum. You know, she had a bachelor's, she got a master's from an online college, right. and went to the war college. Went to war college, yeah. and that's it. That's you know, she checked the box. Those she, boxes. She, those are boxes that need to be right. checked, but that's all they are. Right. We don't see any. Here's here's my issue with, with Admiral Franchetti. Number one, the first issue is she was obviously hired because she was a woman. Obviously, because she was a woman, they—they, they, I mean, it's just—it's pretty obvious to me. They wanted a woman in that position, and they got one. Uh, she's qualified. She is qualified, but um, now she's becoming a cause celeb. Uh, one of her female admiral uh, compatriots said, "It will be refreshing to see how a female service chief would tackle the challenge of recruiting and retention." In a competition for people, she may be able to come up with policies and confront them head on as a female officer, in a way that male officers have struggled to do. How, how would you uh, exactly do that? This is, this is our society now. Yeah, I it, know. Yeah, it's, every, everything, your grievance group determines your status. Absolutely. So this and, is... And the, the thing is, um, if you look at her career, I, what I do is I, I pulled up a bio on Admiral James Watkins, who was my CNO when I got in the Navy in, in 85. Uh, Admiral Watkins uh, did uh, CNO from 82 to 86, classes 849 U.S. Naval Academy, 
uh, postgraduate school, the whole nine yards. But he served on destroyers, cruisers, and nuclear submarines. In his career. That's unheard of. Uh, it's pretty amazing. For, they, they, I don't even know how they, he got in the sub-program. Right. That. You can't even do that now. And There's that was no under Rickover. Right. Under Hyman Rickover. Right. I don't so, know how he did yeah, that. I don't either. Um, he served as Com 6 Fleet, uh, Vice CNO uh, and uh, for policy, and uh, Commander-in-Chief Pacific Fleet. Um, uh, he was on the first submarine to, to visit the Republic of Korea. Um, morale was never higher in the Navy than when he was... Well, CNO. but that had Never. to do that had to do with Reagan, and we got three pay raises. You know, in eighty one, eighty two, eighty three, we got my pay doubled between eighty one and eighty three in the military. So there was a lot of reasons for that, though. Um, oh, we're hearing music. Bottom line is, we got a local right. celeb now is going to be chief of naval operations. Hopefully, uh, maybe I'll reach out to uh, naval public affairs see if we can get an interview with her. Uh, for the that would be cool. I'll try. I'll do that this week. We'll see what happens. I know the odds are pretty small, especially before her confirmation. All right, we'll be back shortly with more of Valor Radio. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. Because of you, there's a song in my heart. Remembering Tony Bennett on this edition of Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli and Captain Steve Mamano. Thanks, Robert. So, a couple of VA things I wanted to hit on. Um, you know, I'm a little bit of a advocate for you know for the Bill of Rights, and uh, we have some Second Amendment issues going on at the VA. Uh, it, it's very, very complicated, and I know in the few moments we have to talk about it. The bottom line is, well, uh, during the Obama administration, they put some regulations in that allowed the VA to notify. Um, the people who manage NICS, which is uh, the database of people who cannot possess firearms in the United States. Uh, and there's 13, 12 or 13 reasons why. One of them has to do with, you know, obviously if you're a, a felon, um, if you're a domestic abuser, um, if you've, uh, you're an illegal immigrant, um, so different disqualifiers from possessing firearms in the United States. One of them has to do with mental health and commitment. But nowhere in those 13 was anything having to do with someone who has trouble managing their finances. And we've seen at the VA, and I have a, someone I actually represented here locally, or not represented, but advised here locally, um, retired colonel, uh, law enforcement officer whose rights have been taken away. Um, because they, the VA says he can't, because he, he told the VA that his wife pays the bills rather than him, <laughs> ostensibly. <clears throat> and That's crazy. Um, I mean, there's more context to it, I'm but, sure there is, but, but the bottom line is... Wow. Um, That's crazy. Oh, 
because you're lousy at managing your finances, the VA can pump your name into Nick's, and they did so 8,000 times last year for 8,000 veterans. 8,000? Just last year. Um over eight thousand times, they've they've taken a, they've uh, caused to have people's rights to possess uh, firearms taken wow. away. Um, now, is poor financial management an uh, indication potential indication of possibly other problems? But the Nix law says the federal discriminators are if you've been involuntarily committed uh, for mental health reasons. It has nothing hmm. to do. With this, yet the well, VA what, continues to do this. I'm curious. You, you probably know the answer to this. If you, uh, you know, I, I've seen those those questionnaires where they ask you, you know, are you a firearms owner or whatever. If I lie on that form, is that is, is that to the VA? Is that the same as lying to a federal? You know, I don't know about that. I haven't heard any my, cases. My advice to people is just, just lie on that form. Just tell them you don't have any firearms. Well, but the problem they, is they don't need to know. No, no, they really don't, um, and. So, and here's another uh, problem. The VA will not report anything to the, the VA has regulations that keeps it reporting anything to the state. But what the VA has been pushing for, and in one sense it makes sense for, is sharing of your medical records with your non-VA medical people. Oh. And there's no way to discriminate those records. So it's an all or nothing thing. In fact, we had two people working in this community to try to convince veterans to check that box to allow your civilian physicians to see your stuff at the VA. Now, that may, from a medical perspective, that makes sense. If you just had a test at the VA and you go to your non-VA doctor, they shouldn't have to repeat that test. But right. the problem included in that is our counseling and other things. So now you have a, 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 a civil, I'll call it a, a non-VA doctor, sees your medical records and you're going to uh, uh, one of the clinics, the mental health clinics, and they see things in there. Now, do they have an affirmative duty to report you under they New do. York State law? Yeah, uh, New York State Health Department uh, requires you to re- so, get that collapsible uh, little field that drops down, you know, when they're tapping away on that laptop right. when they're talking to you. So uh, mm. a lot of issues with uh, mental health and what it has resulted in, ultimately, right, the unintended consequence is what? Veterans aren't dumb. So what are they doing? Instead of dealing with issues because they're afraid they're going to hide them, they're going to hide them and they're not going to deal with them. And this is happening. Uh, we have a case pending right now in, in Monroe County involving a veteran. Um, and it's just uh, a criminal case where the person didn't deal with the situation and ultimately um, got involved with you know, the, the criminal justice system now, and had they dealt with their situation, they're doing great now. Um, this is a couple of years after it happened, and they're doing absolutely spectacularly now, but now they've got that scar of a felony conviction on mm-hmm. them because of it. So there, there's just, uh, the system is is really, it shouldn't be politicized. We shouldn't be, um, I, this is just wrong. And I don't know if, uh, obviously this administration is not going to do anything about it, but, uh, people in the Senate and Congress are, are working on this. They've, they've thrown some stuff into the budget this year. Um, and, uh, you know, the other side of it is they're saying that, uh, firearms account for 70% of the, uh, male veteran suicides and 50% of the female veteran suicides. Well, that, that's typically what things are in the U.S. It's not 
And he might be a little bit greater, but that's because people in the military have had exposure to firearms. If people want to kill themselves, they're going to figure out how to do it mm-hmm. uh, with or without firearms. We've seen that. We've seen right. that in countries where there are no firearms that have higher suicide rates in the U.S. Just going to jump in here with a quick public service announcement. Folks, you know, I have a relationship with my medical practitioners. Uh, we we know what we can talk about and what we will talk about and what we won't. And, you know, when... These seemingly innocuous questions come up like, is anybody hurting you at home? Do you feel safe in your home? Uh, This is material. Understand that we'll go straight to your county health department in certain circumstances. Do you want government to know about things that are going on in your life? That's the basic question. Do you want the government to know that? Be be very careful and just, uh, I mean, we don't want to counsel people to lie, but we also want to make sure that you stay safe. And that you are, you know, you don't have bad things happen to you, like losing all your firearms for some trivial reason uh, or one that needs, you know, far more exposition than you're going to get in a 10 second conversation in a doctor's office. So, you know, we're we're finding with the V.A., finding with the V.A., it has become hyper politicized. Uh, You know, the guy in charge of it, obviously not no military service, not that that should be an eliminator, but he was, you know, encrusted. Washingtonian politician, and um, uh, we're seeing it right now with the budget. Uh, the House has put a bunch of uh, amendments to the budget. First of all, VA's budget's going up 6% this year. 6%. So $350 billion plus 6%, whatever that arithmetic is, uh, and I, which I don't understand. I mean, I understand costs go up, but veterans number of veterans are going down. But, I don't get it, but nonetheless, but, but the Republicans, because they're in charge of the, uh, the, the House, have decided to uh, strip it of all the social engineering stuff, right? To try to depoliticize it, so which I think is a great idea. Why politicize the VA budget? Right. You know, they've turned in the military's always been a petri dish for mm-hmm. social change. Um, now they've turned the VA into that with all the, uh, you know, treatment for uh, transgender transitioning and um, and obviously this this uh, this you know struggle that's going on uh, with a recent decision regarding abortion, leaving it up to the states uh, where it should have been the whole time, but uh, so. Uh, they've expanded access, uh, abortion access for veterans and family members. So it just, and they're trying to pull this stuff out of it. Um, uh, so we'll just have to see what happens. But, you know, the VA, for the good that it should be doing, unfortunately, has be, just become a, another political arm of whatever administration seems to be in power. All right, I'm hearing some Tony Bennett. Uh, we'll be back shortly with our last bit of Valor Radio. The WYSL station. Thought I'd visit the club. Got as far as the door. They have asked me about you. Don't get around much anymore. Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old 
scheduled in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008, or MGMinsure.com. An associate of Finger Lakes Fire and Casualty, Route 227, Trumansburg, New York. The colors are red for valor, white for innocence, and blue for justice. Our nation's flag proclaims liberty for all, and our military service members continue to fight for the right to live in freedom. Honor their service and sacrifice with an American-made flag from the Stars and Stripes Flag Store. Visit eflagstore.com to shop now. All proceeds support Veterans Outreach Center and local veterans. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, things that we couldn't afford, thanks to VetTix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can give our veterans a special event where they, too, can create their own cherished memories. Visit VetTix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. Suck upon somebody on a sidewalk, carjacking old lady at a red light, pull a gun on the owner of a liquor store. You think it's cool, act a fool if you like. Cuss out a cop, spit in his face, stomp on the flag and light it up. Once again, the Colonel and the Captain on Bella Radio. Thanks, Robert. Uh, we saw this uh, song and, and the performer uh, thrust into uh, international recognition this past week with this song. The song's been out since May, so I'm not sure how it took until now to... But uh, of course, one word: distraction. We need a distraction, right? So it's something they were holding in abeyance, and they needed a distraction from what's going on with the president and his son, and what's coming out with that. So they came up with this, uh, and it's a great tune. I listen to it. It's a typical modern country tune, um, and just talking about. I think this how most of us feel that uh, um, things that we saw in this we've seen in our own community here. That occurred, that nothing was done to stop, um, and that continues, uh, and we see in places <clears throat> places around the country on a daily basis, uh, just wouldn't cut it when you go get to a small town. You don't see it happening there. You don't see people trying it there, and it has nothing to do with race or absolutely anything else. The video shows a lot of uh, clips from 2020, and because the people burning buildings and spitting at police or BLM, apparently the, the the song is racist. And bottom line, I don't care who it is, whether they're uh, Nazis or BLM, if they you spit at police, if you um, destroy private property, if you violate the law, I don't care who it is. You should pay a price for it. You should be held accountable. And that's really all that song is saying. Right. And by the way, interesting blowback on this whole thing, because we're recording this on Tuesday morning, right? Pretty much at the tail end of uh, July. And a week ago, 
of course, the left had made this big cause celeb out of the song, which, as you pointed out, is 60 days old. I mean, Jason Aldean has made public statements saying, I don't understand what this is about. This song's been top of the charts you know, for weeks. And uh, <laughs> apparently the whole thing is backfiring on the left because all these images of all the stuff that they were pulling back in 2020 and 2021 is reminding everybody <laughs> about what they're really up to, what the agenda is, while they're trying to – they're very notably unsuccessful in trying to race bait this. Right. And it's not working. I mean, I think – and the song now has jumped to the top of the charts. I saw a little clip of a video of him in a recent concert. I don't know if it was in Cincinnati – somewhere in Ohio, Cincinnati, Cleveland someplace. And people were going nuts. They were just – they were loving it. And um, and he said he no regrets for doing it. And it, it had nothing – it has nothing to do. So – There's a cultural um, shift going on. Yes. Uh, have you noticed this film? Uh, what is it? Oh, boy. Um the about the, the about the child trafficking right. and blank right. blanking on the name of it right, right. senior moment but it's clobbering Harrison Ford right the Indiana Jones film yeah it's it's amazing um the everybody's got to vote though if all these people voted we think would be different sound right of sounds freedom. of freedom yeah. right so um you know we're seeing it we're talking about the VA we got the stuff going on at the military academies um you know, Republicans are pushing uh, conservative lawmakers um, that are, are upset with diversity and inclusion efforts uh, um, at the academy, saying that it's undercutting the future uh, credibility and, and competence and capability of the military by focusing on this instead of on the, the things that they should be focusing on. Um, and so we're seeing that in Congress, our House Armed Services Committee. Um, are looking at uh, what they call a destructive political ideology permeating the armed forces and the service academies. So um, it's obviously just partisan. Once again, that's been politicized. You used to see the service academies pretty much get left alone to do what they do, um, but not the case. So, um, and interestingly, the Supreme Court in their recent decision about affirmative action for college excluded the service academies. Hmm. So ostensibly they said the service academies can do anything they want in their selection process, including uh, hmm. their equity stuff. Um, but the military's always been excluded from a lot of other things. And, uh, and they've, so the military does not have to follow the service academies don't have to follow the recent decision on affirmative action. So that just gives them a place to push it even farther Um you know, one of the few places they'll be able to continue to push it. So interesting that that's happening. Um, and we'll just continue to monitor. But, Bob, I think you're right. I think there is a shift occurring um, and it's swelling. And, uh, you know, I think probably by the end of this year, uh, I think probably sometime in the fourth quarter here, we're going to hear Biden's not. I said January, but maybe as early as November, December, Biden's going to say he's not running for re-election. Gavin Newsom's going to jump up there. The interesting thing is RFK Jr. just went on the attack um, and said Biden's do need to get investigated. He said, I, you know, I promised I'm not going to get negative, but there's too much information out here for nothing to be done about this. Mm -hmm. He's already in the mid-20s of support by Democrats. Who knows? This could be a very interesting year coming up, um, and we'll have to see. 
uh, what's going to happen. But uh, lots going on and, and so much affecting the military. Did you uh, did you see any of that hearing where uh, Bobby Kennedy got raked over the Yeah, course? unbelievable. I, I was unbelievable. shocked. I kept thinking to myself, this, this is a Kennedy, for God's sake. The Kennedys, for right, God's sake. Right, the epitome of... Uh, uh, of Democrat, Democrat, right? You know, influence, and, and and now he looks wow. like a yeah. They're making him look like a neo-Nazi, unbelievable, and a, and a nut, and everything else. He made I me know. feel sorry for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was shocked. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, you and I exchanged a couple of, uh, or I saw some stuff on social media that you posted, and uh, your buddy Travis King oh, is pro- probably no, not no. living well right no, now. He's probably not. But uh, you know something, he did it to himself. So let me just tell folks, Travis King is a uh, private E2 um, in the Army that uh, was in pretty serious trouble when this happened. Apparently was, yeah. With the Army and with the South Korean police and other mm-hmm. folks. and Going back to Fort Bliss for, uh, for, for I think that was where he was going. Yeah, for, yeah. and uh, ended up uh, going on a tour in North Korea and, and jumping the border. And I'm sure he's sitting in a North Korean prison right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. And, with uh, no TV. <laughs> and no rice peel off, right? So, the, <laughs> according, apparently, the UN command, which is the uh, you know the high command in still in in Korea, mm-hmm. said that it started a conversation with North Korea about the U.S. soldier who ran into North Korea last week. Um, just unbelievable. So and they're not talking about very much. No, the North Koreans are not saying anything about the guy. No, no. Well, is he it's, some? He's going to be there a long time. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a feeling so. he'll be there a long time. Yeah. Well, no, I think, you know, if this administration has anything to say, they'll find, like, the worst North Korean spy that we have in prison and exchange him for this guy and um, bring him home and then make him a celebrity, get him a book deal. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, if there's enough left of him to uh, make a book deal. Yeah. So remember what they did to Otto Warmbier? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, know. I mean, th- 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 he came out. He came out with, uh, you know, he came out in bad shape. He, you know, he didn't, he didn't live very long after that. They didn't want him to die there, so that's the right. only reason they let that's him. The go. only reason they let him go. Yeah. yeah. So, um, rest his soul. But interestingly, like you said, North Korea has said nothing about this guy. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So, well, you know, they don't. They don't know whether they can use him for propaganda yet, or. Uh, if, I mean, he's not going to be very useful to him. No, it doesn't sound like he's the kind of individual that's going to be able to cop do much for them. Um, but uh, terrible situation. I know. I, I feel bad for his family. Um, but you know, people make decisions, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's got to be, you know, there's got to be some. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely feel for his mom. Yeah, you, you yeah. don't wish anybody, any anybody's family has but, to but go she, through she this. She wants the government to do all kinds of things to get him out of there, and. I'm not sure there's much we can do. No, not at, at all. Point, now, no. not with everything else that's going on, and no. not with what North Korea has been doing. And you know, we—that's the one thing people have. And I've said this before on the show: something happens every single day on the Korean Peninsula. We don't hear about it, right? But you know, back when I was assigned over there, just every day something happens. Now, really? some make it into the news, some don't. There's, but almost a day doesn't go by where one side or the other does something that could be considered provocative. Mm. Um, and Not a good place to do it. No, it's a tough place, but that's how they, you know, they've kept it up all these years. Um, interesting too. Uh, I don't know. Did you ever get in port in Korea or no. in nothing? Never, got never made that part. Uh, interesting. Senior officers in Korea um, don't want, or senior officers in Korea talk like it's just 
a temporary situation. You know, the North-South Korean, the unification is going to happen someday. But when you talk to the elite in Korea, they don't want reunification because the plan is to give um, North Koreans property. I mean, seizing property from rich people and giving small pieces of property so people Mm. can be self-sufficient, self-sustaining. Sounds like equity. Right. And and also, uh, so it's going to end up hurting the richest people mm-hmm. in Korea. So those in, you know, financial power in, they in Korea, they don't want it. Um, and it, it's just very interesting. Uh, you know, senior leaders in South Korea have all studied the reunification of Germany. Um, that's been one of their places. Which was a short-term disaster. What? In Ger- the reunification of Germany. I mean, the impact on West Germany was Mm, it was terrible, wasn't it? Was but it, it it got handled pretty well. Well, I mean, but yeah, I, considering you know trying to bring both bring East Germany up to Western Europe standards was not an easy thing no. to do. Um, so, it's like pulling a rabbit out of a hat, right? But same thing. It's only it's, I think it's probably a hundred times worse with North exactly. and South Korea. That's so my no, point. But you got to study somewhere. You got to start somewhere and see how they did it. All right, I'm hearing some music. Uh, Folks, let's keep our soldiers, sailors, airmen, coasties, marines, guardians. That's what we're here for, for those serving. Uh, Keep them in your thoughts and in your prayers. Uh, Have a great week. Uh, Steve, thank you. Robert, thank you. you. And uh, we'll see you next week on Valor Radio. Yeah, I'm dressed up for success. From my head down to my boots. I don't do it for the money. There's bills that I can't pay I don't do it for the glory I just do it anyway